collectively, we've already uh, spent about, or in the process of spending about $2.8 trillion. We now have a debt the size of our economy. So I have said, and the president has said as well, that we need to take a pause here and take a look at what we've done, see what's working, see what isn't, and also begin to encourage the governors around the country who have the decision-making ability to begin to open up the economy. I know Nancy Pelosi had a strong response to that. A pause. They want to take a pause in allowing you to be able to pay your rent, to put food on the table. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about in one year taking on as much debt as our entire economy, the entire size. Right. That'd be like let be like if I've gone into debt as much money as I make every year in, like, the last month. Right, right. You know, I, I meant to get to this. Oh, um, a good buddy of mine who's aware and a follower of the news and, and politically active says, so we're looking at $9 trillion for the COVID economic collapse. By comparison, according to the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, um, the U.S. wars in Iraq and Afghanistan could cost taxpayers a total of $2.4 trillion. Uh, it's a little higher now um, because they take forever to get their books together. We'll say $3 trillion, including interest. So the, uh, you know, the Democrats and really anybody of good conscience was saying, look, these foreign adventures were mind-bogglingly expensive. Two and a half, three trillion dollars. Well, we're going to triple that in a few months because of the Chinese bat fever. And that number would be substantially reduced if we allowed the economy to function and uh, tax revenue to flow again, too. You wouldn't need to pay, uh, you know, hourly workers more than they ever make working uh, for months and months if you would just let them work. We're only going to re. Oh, do we have that uh, uh, Gavin Mussolini uh, clip? That new one about science. What was that? Uh, I want to get that on because this is such a cliche now. It's not the one that Hanson just played for me that he edited it up making the pauses and stumbles seem worse, is it? No. We, we did I would never in, engage in that. You wouldn't? We, what we should play what that am clip. I? Meet the press? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. But this phase is one where science, where public health, not politics, uh, must be the guide, uh, where we must be open to argument interested in evidence where we cannot be ideological in any way shape or form in terms of how we approach uh, a condition uh, that changes on an hourly and daily basis conditions that will ultimately determine uh, what better decisions we make in terms of that transition but he's a rambler conditions that change on a daily basis that affect the political decision that needs to be made. It's a political decision. Of course it is. That's what I kept wanting Dr. Fauci to say. Look, it's a political decision, ultimately. I'll give you this info. It's a political decision. Well, Do we all understand? Do you people in the media back there, do you understand it is a political decision? Politicians are going to decide, based on a whole bunch of different factors, what to do. If you'd prefer the the term policy decision, okay, okay, fine. But that's what's so incredibly disingenuous about what Gavin Newsom is saying there. It, uh, of course, number one, it's a political decision by definition, as you point out. Secondly, you and your people of our, a particular ideology, 
and you are looking at only one aspect of this, and virtually everybody of your ideology is doing the same thing, and you are portraying anybody who brings any of the other nuances, well, and they're not nuances, they're elephants in the room. You're portraying anybody who brings the other gigantic factors into the discussion as being political. What do you mean by that? Do you mean taking in the totalitarian, the totality of, of, of society and, and, and its needs? Well, okay, then color me political. If you save 5,000 lives at the cost of 50,000 lives, that ain't a win, man. And if you're fixated on one, only one aspect of this, that is the risk. And it's a very, very real risk. Don't call people political for being smart enough to look at the totality of the factors here. The more I hear from him, the less I'm impressed. Uh, but so Nancy Pelosi proposed a three, another $3 trillion bill yesterday that uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, who we just heard from, we didn't label him. We should label our clips. We shouldn't assume you all know everybody's voice and who they are. That was Mitch McConnell. He's the leader of the Senate. Sounds like a southern cartoon turtle. Um, but he, he, he has said it's dead on arrival, but both parties always say that about the other party's bill. No matter what, my whole life. So, um, but this one in its current incarnation, I'm sure, is dead on arrival, as as most bills are. This is her wish list. But man, it's three. It's another three trillion dollars. Yes, it's just a, wow, a crazy amount of money. And then when people started digging into it, there's all kinds of uh, smoothing over illegal immigration, uh, dealing with oh, yeah. diversity. You know, all these kind of things that. The, the the super left always want that they've jammed into this. Yeah, uh, there's amnesty for illegal immigrants. It's only temporary, but you know what temporary government programs become. There are all sorts of programs. We mocked this idea when it first popped up. S- huge amounts of money to ensure that minorities in poor neighborhoods get a chunk of the marijuana market. So... Taxpayer subsidies to get more drugs into poor neighborhoods, for instance. Oh, and you know, we skipped the punchline. This is one of those jokes where the punchline ought to come first because it's hilarious. Jack, House Democrats called the legislation the HEROES Act. The HEROES Act. Because right. it includes money for our first responders and our doctors and nurses who are our heroes in fighting this pandemic. Also, it includes money to free illegal aliens from prison and to get drugs into poor neighborhoods. And I mean, obviously $3 trillion. There is craziness, uh, waste and, and bribes. Oh, one of my favorite aspects of it. And, and Tucker Carlson was talking about this last night is it allows lobbyists to apply for like the triple P money, the, the bailout, the stimulus money. The lobbyists get money to continue to lobby the government from taxpayers. How do you like that ass, huh? (laughs) Unbelievable. Uh, I tell you what. This this is, and it's, it's close to a cliche at this point, and I apologize. But if the philosophy of progressives in particular, and, and actually conservatives have done this plenty of times through history, it's more about, it's about power as opposed to a, 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 an ideology. But, you know, the creed of the left is never let a crisis go to waste. This is such an enormous crisis. They are trying to take enormous advantage of it by fundamentally changing the way the country works. They're, uh, you know, another part of the Heroes Act 
is that the uh, the federal money, the federal unemployment money that's more than a lot of people make working is going to continue much longer and get even more generous. So more and more people will be disincentized to work. It's really, well, John Thune, who's uh, a Republican senator, said this bill is nothing more than a messaging exercise. It's uh, they're just trying to let so it's their like constituents. The green, it's know. like the Green New Bill was. It's a gesture. This is what we care about, right? Exactly, and we're 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 virtue signaling to our base. But it's uh, yeah, and and the Republicans are saying, look, let's see how this past stimulus stuff worked, and let's see what happens in the next few weeks in terms of getting the economy going. Why are you passing a six month extension to benefits that are more generous than pay? Right now, it's insane, and it is insane, and it won't pass. Did you see uh, I tweeted out a picture of my pristine running shoes last night? No, I saw the headline. My uh, my running shoes. When did Somebody sent us those shoes for free, remember? Because we were talking about Hoka Onionis oh, on the air. Yeah. And somebody sent them to us. How long ago was that? Long ago that I wore mine out. Well, mine are not But worn. bad. Mine are not worn out. I'm thinking it's at least seven years ago. Yours looked like they were factory sealed, and you just popped them out. Pretty much, it was so, a it was a long time ago. It that, was many years. That was sort of the point. Is that here's my running shoes I got seven years ago. Aren't they in fantastic condition? <laughs> <laughs> I have not done a lot of running, mm. so I ran with my son uh, last night. He's he's really having trouble getting asleep and staying up way too late, which then makes it difficult to do school because he's so tired. And you know how that cycle can go. Sure, yeah. Um. Uh. And. Uh, you know, I'm talking to a variety of people and, you know, have you tried this, 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 and this? And for some reason, very few people ever mention exercise. There's all kinds oh. of medicines you can try. And I just, oh, just that's think, its own topic, but go on. It is its own topic. Like the number one thing for, for, for almost all health problems would be get more exercise, but yeah. it rarely comes up in a conversation. Yeah. All kinds of things. Weight, blood pressure, anxiety, depression, all, all your mental stuff. Insomnia. Yeah, insomnia, all your mental stuff. But anyway, so uh, I was going to try to get him to run with me, thinking that if we ran, it would make him tired. But uh, we ran 10 minutes, which is uh, the the 10 minutes more than I've run uh, any time hmm. in the last, I don't know how long, long time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that, too, the next years. time a bear chases me for 10 minutes. Might be 10 years <laughs> since I'd run. So I'm figuring at my pace, I'm going to run about a mile. Um, he did not keep up. I bested him at that. So I bested him at long distance and sprinting. So it's good to know I'm still what? king of the home. He started did, out too fast. I kept telling him, start out slow. Slow. It's distance. Yeah. Listen, he'd sprint. He'd get tired. He'd get a side ache. Oh, so you're making a point. Yeah. I thought it was purely just trying to stay the alpha dog. But no, it was a valuable point and a good one. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the rabbit in the hair. That will not the rabbit in the hair. That'd be two rabbits. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, probably <laughs> that's a, a tie. A close racing. Probably There's no lesson tie. to be learned from a rabbit. Reminds me of the tortoise and the turtle. <laughs> ah, the old the treasured fable. <laughs> oh, that the reminds three little me. pigs who all built their home made of brick. All this, three of them. That reminds me, and <laughs> finally I've remembered, we're supposed to do a better job of promoting our podcasts, oh. uh, which are available at armstrongandgetty.com, but uh, during the uh, One More Thing podcast, which is only available via the website, I will be revealing the exciting conclusion of Man v. Mole. Yes. As Excellent. I am, uh, um, I don't want to give away the ending, as I sought to snuff the mole or moles that is ruining my yard. Yeah. No holds barred. So I'm, I'm going to get the alpha mole. 
and the rest will run away in terror. Fish hooks, eye gouges, it's all legal. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Kicks to the genitals, please. <laughs> Joke punches are where you start. That's my opening gambit. <laughs> hey, we got a couple of texts who are asking the question of what percentage of uh, learning do you think your kids are getting out of the the uh, the Zoom classes or whatever? Got maybe our best text yet on explaining uh, where we are on that from a teacher. Boy, it's sick, if, if, especially if we stay closed in the fall. It's going to be a problem. Stay tuned. One of my best workers quit yesterday. The words she was called and the language, you wouldn't even say in a men's locker room. And to say it to a 17-year-old kid, they should be ashamed of themselves. Now I open the doors to a whole new world with gloves and masks and we running around like chickens. But people don't, they're like, where's my ice cream? I'm not a trauma center. It's ice cream. They have no clue how to respect other human beings. Okay, you're going to have to explain to me, Michael, what's what's going on there. It was a Massachusetts uh, ice cream owner, and he reopened his shop, and peop- he had a 17-year-old kid working the uh, working the booth, and a lot of people were rude and obnoxious. Were, were they with- mad that he was open? Is that the problem? Uh, mad at the inconveniences of a new post-coronavirus oh. business. You yeah, needed to call in orders. People didn't know that. I'm just, hey, you stupid tearers, give me my stupid... Right, right, right. Ugh. Really, really don't like human beings. No, no. So she she quit that day. He went and kind of made a what turned into like a viral Facebook post that night, and then which led news coverage of of his business and uh, somewhat of a bright side. He set up a GoFundMe for the that that young girl's college thing that got tens of thousands of donations because that's how things work today. But nice. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Be, be nice to people, especially when they're reopening their ice cream shop. So the uh, Supreme Court is doing their uh, their arguments um, uh, where you can uh, listen to them live for the first time ever. Mm, very exciting in theory. And we dipped into a couple of them that were dreadfully dull. This in one, fact, this this one yesterday sounds like it would have been really good. I'm sure there were dull parts, but darn it, it was it was all about the whether or not you know they can make Trump show his taxes. Um, which I have always all along thought if you make it so that they can make that mandatory, then there'll be no limit just to. And nobody will ever run for president. Nobody you ever want to be president will ever run for president. There'll be no limit to what they can demand. Anyway. And and or every single candidate will be bludgeoned with whatever is found on their tax uh, returns, uh, justifiedly or not. Because you can twist anything in a tax return to sound evil. Specifically on the tax question, uh, I'm just thinking that if you can make it taxes, you'll make it all kinds of different stuff. But um, uh, specifically on the taxes, yeah. It it mostly hurts any business person. Mitt Romney got beat up with tax stuff. Trump, because if you've been in government your whole life, your taxes are very simple. Mm-hmm. But if you've been in business at all, you're taking advantage of the legal tax laws that most people, when they when they see the, the actually see the laws, or uh, find them abhorrent. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, there that's the law. You're supposed to follow the law. The aura of this case is really sauce for the goose that serves the gander as well. Justice mm. Ginsburg said to uh, Trump attorney, uh, "I gotta take I gotta, what? 
Why can't the you sauce, just? What's, I mean, why can't you just say for the goose? But, I guess that's the full saying. But why can't you just say what's good for the goose is good for the gander? There, I'm but the, the goose who's serving who? The aura of which this one case, has sex with the chicken? <laughs> the aura of this case is really sauce for the goose that serves the gander as well. But then she went on to say, so how do you distinguish, say, Whitewater when President Clinton's personal records were subpoenaed from his accountant, or even Hillary Clinton's law firm billing records were subpoenaed, or the Nixon tapes? So it sounds like it would have been a pretty interesting conversation on what things you can demand and what you can't. I would like to have heard that discussion. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd like to dig into those very questions. I have a feeling there is an answer. Um, it's not a hypothetical question. I don't understand why it's just not so s- simple as to say, let the public decide if they think it's not cool. That a candidate doesn't release their health information, their taxes, their mm. whatever, their college records, then they won't vote for him. If they're not bothered by it, they might vote for him for president. Right. Well, the Congress is arguing we have, and this is the key phrase, a legitimate legislative purpose to demanding the taxes. Uh, I would suggest that they don't. They just want to bludgeon the guy with them. And it, well, as one, I think it was Justice Alito, who was one of the conservatives on the court, in case you don't know. He said, by your reasoning, uh, every Congress could get the returns of every candidate uh, from now till the end of time. Sure. Because you can manufacture a legitimate purpose that's this good as the one in front of us effortlessly. Right. Um, We haven't uh, revisited whether or not Los Angeles is opening back up before August. Because that's what they announced yesterday. They're going to add three months to the shutdown. Well, it's a question of who is they, though. Was it the, was it, uh, the mayor? Or was it the tin horn little health lady? Hmm? Hmm? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. County, the nation's most populous county, bucking the trend of its state and much of the country by recommending its stay-at-home orders be extended, possibly until deep into the summer. Many other parts of California moving into phase two of reopening. So some reporting was through July, some was through August for for Los Angeles being shut down, continuing the stay-at-home orders. That exploded on the Internet with all people saying you can't have the second biggest city you know, and obviously, if Los Angeles is doing shelter in place and nothing's open, all the people around the country and the world that do business there can't really go right. to L.A. and land at the airport and go to a hotel and eat at a restaurant and visit your workplace. Well, and Angelinos who are dying of stress because they couldn't make May rent are hearing, I can't work in June and July? What? And going crazy. So Mayor Garcetti uh, found a microphone to try to clear it up. Well, I want to reassure people because I think there was a lot of panic suddenly when the headline said we're all going to stay exactly as we are for three more months when that's not the case. I think quite simply she's saying that we're not going to fully reopen Los Angeles and probably anywhere in America without any protections or any health orders in the next three months. I think we know that it's going to be even longer than three months. So she stated something everybody already knew? Dr. Ferrer, the, uh, the health lady, the county health lady, one of the tiny tyrants we've been talking about. And or fine just, print men. These uh, right. That's a that's a better description of them. They're these appointed bureaucrats to these uh, fairly obscure positions, 
I'm not saying county health departments don't do anything. They're they're reasonably important. Well, they but do most of the time. They're generally well. You got your your uh, clinics and your got a chlamydia outbreak. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but these are fairly obscure personages, and I don't know what the qualifications have to be. I mean, I'd like to see a readout of what percentage were you in your medical school? I mean, like from first in your class to, you know, hundredth percent. Or, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not sure they ought to be the uh, the be-all and end-all, as, as Rand Paul put it, for policy. I'm not sure they're up to it. I don't think this lady is. <laughs> a little more from the L.A. mayor. I hope for our K through 12 schools that we will have some sense of opening, but it won't be in the way that we've known school in the past. It might be fewer days a week. It might be staggered because we have to maintain that physical distance. Really? So school coming back in the fall, only a couple of days a week. I I just I assumed school would be back to normal next year. I'm not prepared for this. I'm hearing a lot more about the the staggered school. So you'd have half the school go from like 8 to noon and then the other half from noon to 4 or however they would break it down. Yeah, we received a lot of interesting feedback on our uh, what percentage of the learning is your kid actually getting done in the current nuttiness. And and the numbers are quite low. Um, There wasn't one above 50%. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow because we got some great emails on the topic. But. I believe, based on what I'm hearing, that if the kids were in school two, three times a week, that would be vastly better. Oh, yeah. A lot more engagement and accountability and momentum. It would be way better. One interesting note had to do with kids just being in the school mode. Yeah. You get up, you get ready, you go, you're there. Well, haven't you heard that from uh, people who tried working at home? Yeah. I know that. I'd have that problem. It's tough to get in work mode. I know people who work from home who have an office that looks like an office and they get dressed like they're at work just yeah. to get in that cuz if you know if yeah. you just hang out on the couch in your sweats kitchen uh-huh. table working <laughs> yeah, no, I'm listening <laughs> are they hiring for this position what, uh, what's going on no i did not put on work clothes but i uh, i did not have any problem when i was doing the show from home because i have my midi studio uh, set up and I'm surrounded by screens well, and it's just also, like this. When the when the microphone's open, it's we're open. also it's... very talented <laughs> when, when the and mic- dedicated when the, uh, and disciplined. Microf- when the microphone's they open, humble. you're you're exposed, bear. I mean, you're either ready to go or not. Yeah, that's if, a good point. If you, there is accountability every second. Yeah, yeah. But if if but but if if my job is based on just you know I gotta I gotta make sure I get everything done on time for uh, the the Penske file. The that's quarterly due. reports. Exactly. Mm. Oh, that's let me be let me just save some people uh, the the trouble of writing an email. Dear A and G, if you're accountable every second, why are you sometimes boring and stupid? Yeah. Signed, listener. <clears throat> let <laughs> wow. me let me respond. Dear listener, wow, go to hell. Jeez. Love Joe. That was not true. There you go. I saved everybody time and trouble. Fantastic. Um, trying to jam in the last of the stuff. Eric Garcetti is a floundering academic, and and he's ill served by his 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 public health lady. But we're seeing a, we're seeing a lot of that around the country. Disney has reassured fans that the Mandalorian season two won't be delayed, so it is going to come back in October like they had promised. Sean, I don't remember what ha- had happened at the end of the Mandalorian. They took his helmet off. Uh, well, and that little weirdo looking dude died. That's well, all I remember. Ah, spoiler. There's yeah, a but, lot of little but there were no other dudes. people around. It was only the the droid that was around for the helmet removal, so he didn't oh, actually yeah, break his yeah, vow of yeah. the Mandalorian way. True. Well, you don't Fantastic. want to do that. No. You did get drummed right out. Uh, back to serious stuff. Somebody t- uh, tweeted this, which I thought was pretty good. The same people who watch CNN and work there make fun of an actual doctor, 
like Rand Paul asking questions at a hearing on the virus yesterday, will now celebrate 17-year-old Greta Thunberg as an expert on a town hall to discuss the virus. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That's what does Rand true. Paul know? Oh, what Greta Thunberg says is so important. Oh, if only we were listening to the children. The children have wisdom. The children are our future. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. I'm all over the place here. Somebody tweeted out a picture of <laughs> Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I can show you the picture, but he looks like this a lot. That's a picture of him right there. That's kind of common look for him. Um, Steven Tyler looks like your friend's mom who didn't care if people drank as long as no one drove. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, L.A. Times out with an opinion piece today. The economic devastation the pandemic wreaks on the ultra-poor could ultimately kill more people than the virus itself. And that's Dr. Scott Atlas was saying this on uh, Tucker last night, that we are now at the point that the cure cure is worse than the disease, he believes. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely a conversation that must be had. And do not hide behind, we're going to make our decision based on science and data. That's what we're talking about, science and data. We talked about this a lot earlier, and if you missed it, catch the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com, but a couple of senators now calling for an investigation into the Obama administration and laying it right at the feet of Barack Obama. Um, oh, yeah. And the Wall Street Journal is big on this, and they're really calling it out, and say that say nobody should ever listen to Adam Schiff again. Here's why he's a liar. Right. From the Wall Street Journal editorial board. Well, the recently released documents make it clear, and I mean clear, Comey, Obama, Biden, Susan Rice, and the utterly befuddled at the time acting uh, uh, director of intelligence or uh, the attorney general, um, they were all in the meetings talking about uh, Operation Crossfire Hurricane um, slash the the beginnings of the uh, collusion investigation. They were all there. They were all up to speed. And indeed, Comey and Obama were communicating directly on a regular basis. It's just undeniable at this point. And it, it makes sense why they went so far with deny, deny, deny and lying on cable news for years. They, in essence elbowed their opponents in the face over and over again, knowing that the next referee is their buddy. But then the American people elected a different referee, and all of a sudden they knew they might be called for their fouls. So they launched the the, 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 the debacle that was the whole collusion investigation and, and Mueller report and, and impeachment deal. And And I know the impeachment was about the Ukraine call, but it's all of a piece. Speaking of checking out the podcast, if you didn't hear the Waffle House story yesterday, you should go to armstrongandgetty.com. I got this text. Uh, I heard the Waffle House segment, and I was laughing all day long. That was a couple in their 20s uh, <laughs> who lived together. and Very close. Very healthy relationship in every way, it seemed. And he's such a nice guy. He's kind to everybody. He won't even kill a bug. Mm. But he wants to go to the same, and we, and we could afford it. We are both gra- gra- went to graduate school, have good jobs, but he wants to go to the same Waffle House every time. And he gets in a fight with the chef, chef, the cook at the Waffle House every time they go. Do you mean an argument, Jack? No, I mean an actual rolling on the floor fight, her boyfriend. <laughs> and her finally question is that... Uh, the fight is over uh, improperly cooked eggs, right. yes. by the way. Yes. And the, <laughs> at the Waffle House. And the cook deliberately overcooks them or cooks them differently or mocks the uh, the customer's desires every time he shows up, which is over and over again for some reason. <laughs> 
and then they fight. They beat the hell out of each other. I mean, you go into a Waffle House and say, I like my eggs just a little runny. It's kind of like ordering your quarter pounder with cheese medium rare at the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> we make them the same. We'll send it out. To, if you don't like it, eat it at a real restaurant. <laughs> we we had a long-running joke in my family when... Um, I when, like this medium rare. When the kids were little, that we'd be waiting for our food, and they'd be hungry, I'd be hungry, people are getting impatient, and I'd say, that's it. I'd pick up a fork. I'd say, that's it. I'm going to go into the kitchen and scream at the cooks. And they would laugh and say, do it, Dad. Do it, Dad. Do it. This is a long-running joke. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, from from my wife's perspective, from Judy's perspective, if I didn't say that, instead I said, I'll be right back. And I went into the kitchen and beat the hell out of the cook. The next she saw of you, you're tumbling out of the kitchen. Right, right. And then the next week... As I was raining blows upon it. <laughs> the next week, she says, you know, I don't feel like cooking. You want to you wanna go out tonight? I say, yeah, you know where we ought to go? Back to that restaurant where I fought the cook. <laughs> and then I go and fight him again. And the question is, I don't know. I'm a little worried about our relationship. You're married to an insane person. He kept going back to the same Waffle House. She said six or seven times he'd fought the cook. <laughs> Over ordering the running eggs, the guy sends out a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> you married so funny. to a crazy person. I don't care what his policy is vis-a-vis bugs. <laughs> He's an insane man. I hope she ends up with the cook. Yeah, that oh, would be a good oh, ending oh, to the story. Now that's a good ending to the story. Armstrong and Getty. I mean, how many times do we have a unanimous, are we unanimously convicted of an enemy that we all want to be? And look at how great Americans are when purpose comes to us in a crisis. Look at who we are in World War II. And we have a crisis that came to us. We were united in that purpose. And all of a sudden, the, the, the human factor started to get split. And two tribes started to fight each other in partisan politics. And that is not what we need. We need a collection right now. This is a tug of war with the virus. We need all hands on the rope if we're going to beat it. So his point, that's Matthew McConaughey, Oscar-winning uh, chameleon of an actor. Fabulous in many roles. Google it. And, uh, I'm sorry, why, bing it. Why, why, why is Matthew McConaughey on? He and his wife were getting frustrated that there was so much partisan squabbling over the coronavirus, and we'd, we'd failed to meet it head-on as a country with a little bit of unity. And so they started a foundation, essentially, to just put out public service messages saying, hey, what are we fighting each other for? Which is a lovely thing. I wish, Matthew, and I say this quite sincerely, I wish the entirety of the media establishment, practically, wasn't trying desperately to turn it into a partisan squabble. Because that's the only way they know how to approach the world. I don't know how much he follows news and politics and stuff like this. And I can understand how if you'd just dropped into it, you'd say, why are people acting like this way? But it's so deep set at this point. The whole which tribe you're in. Yeah. It's just, it's... it's well, it's, it's a fight it, over the control of trillions of dollars in the greatest arsenal ever to exist. So um, people fight dirty, and, and they, they throw away their patriotism well, to I just, gain power. And I just mean, you know, culturally, just among regular people, too. It's just, it, it, it wasn't like this, wasn't like this 15 years ago. Right. It was less like this five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're, you're one side or the other, and you figure out people when you meet them. Are you this side or that side? 
label them as that, I guess, is what we do. Speaking of that, um, well, I know he said at some point, uh, uh, did he say wearing a mask is a badge of honor? Yeah, he said that's part of the let's protect each other uh, pitch-in thing. Uh, Anyway, um, a poll came out yesterday. 71% of Republicans believe the worst of the coronavirus outbreak is behind us. 74% of Democrats believe the worst is yet to come. Now, you talk about a split. (sighs) Almost three-quarters of each think the exact opposite. That is entirely a function of am I with Chuck Schumer or am I with Donald Trump? Absolutely. And it's ridiculous. Absolutely. So three-quarters of Republicans say the worst is behind us. Three-quarters of Democrats believe the worst is yet to come. When you've got that level of disparity in outlook of the future, you can understand where you know, some of the policy-making uh, problems would come along. Well, and let me just say this. If you look at the projections being used by the, uh, uh, by the government, by Dr. Fauci, by the governors, including the lefties, they absolutely do not believe that the worst is yet to come. Not even close. I mean, it's not even a question. And so why do you believe that? I have an idea, because you hate the orange man, and he's telling you the opposite. I believe the worst of the virus is behind us. I don't believe the worst of the economic hardship is behind us. Oh, agreed. Um, We just, we won't know for a long time. Our uh, friend Tim the Lawyer, as he used to be when he would call into the show regularly before he became a rock star, a nationally known rock star. And earned his last name. Tim the Sandifer. Uh, He's got a piece on the Dispatch site today cautioning against the idea of New Deal-style government programs to fight the economic hardships caused by the pandemic. Quoting quoting Tim. While Depression-era projects such as Hoover Dam are today viewed as triumphs of the age... Less well-remembered are the countless thousands of workers assigned to such time-wasting tasks as studying ancient safety pins or stenciling fire hydrants in Brooklyn at a cost of more than (laughs) $100,000. I'll have to read that whole article. Yeah, yeah. Well, those who would make the government a much bigger part of your life and part of the economy and central planners and the rest are absolutely whipped up in excitement over this because they see it as a giant opportunity. To to enact new programs and and call them temporary, but make them permanent and the rest of it. I mean, there's an orgy of it in Nancy Pelosi's three trillion dollar nightmare of a, a proposal. But <clears throat> I mentioned orgies. I was going to get that story that strippers are employees too, according to a judge. Of course they are. But uh, I'll have to get to that tomorrow. Are, are I guess. both their boobs essential, or yeah. will one do? I don't go to strip clubs, but if I go and the woman has one boob, one out, one hidden. Oh, I see. Just so, you know, it's like I stayed home for a while, so if if somebody got sick, the show could go on. Hmm. They're protecting, you know, keeping a boob in reserve, I think. Gotcha. It's illegal to own only one guinea pig in Switzerland. Just saw that headline. Don't know why that is. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Because it gets lonely. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo presses the buttons in the control room. Michael, final thought. All right. If you're a college student, you're not using the dorms. You're not using the student union. Everything's online. Colleges, they got to lower the prices. Oh, yeah. No doubt. 
Good point. Positive Sean, our producer, has a final thought for us. Sean? Happy 70th birthday to one of uh, my, certainly one of my favorite musical artists of all time. The the fantastic, the talented, the truly gifted, and the sighted Stevie Wonder. Happy <laughs> birthday, Stevie. <laughs> I, I, I think you've been misinformed. He's a blind man. Uh, Jack? Sheep. Final thought for us? Uh, Sheep. Took, took in a bunch child, of... Child, you child. <laughs> took in a bunch of anecdotal evidence of what percentage of a normal school year are you getting with these Zoom classes and everything like that, and nobody said 50%, and it ranged between 1% and 40% mostly. Um, it made me happy personally, and that I'm not doing it much differently than anybody else it would seem, but made me a little frightened more globally that uh, everybody's getting less than half of a normal education. Oh, boy. My final thought is PepsiCo has announced they've begun delivering snacks and drinks directly to consumers who don't want to go out to the store. Yes! What a relief (laughs) that those of us, those of you who haven't become fatter during this coronavirus thing now have an easier way to catch up with the rest of us. Case of Pepsi, bag of Fritos, right to your door. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That'd be easy to abuse. Murph. Armstrong and Yeti wrapping up another grueling four hour workday. Wash some Oreos. It'd be good to wash down these Doritos. Ooh. Oh. So oh. many people. Thanks for a little time. Go to ArmstrongandGetty.com. That's where all the podcasts are. You can get great Armstrong and Getty swag, too. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say. How very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Don't ask me. Ask China that question. Armstrong and Getty.